So you're bam, bam, bam. Welcome to the So Your Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Reduke. And I am sitting down with Latasha James. Hi, guys. Hello. How you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Good. <laughs> we are actually uh, in Latasha's apartment in her little breakfast nook area. We are. We had some Lucky Charms. Some uh, berries. Some berries. Some, some tea. Some tea. Ginger green tea. One of my faves. Detoxifying <laughs> and also delicious in yes. taste. But we are here today to sit down with Latasha and talk about how she became the boss that she is today <laughs> and just the amazing person that she is and talk about kind of like some steps she took to, you know, get to where she is now and also just talk about her and learn a little bit more about her. Yay. Uh, but I thought that we would start off with some would you rather questions. Oh, an icebreaker. Yeah, a nice little <laughs> icebreaker because I love would you rathers and these ones are... They are a little bit open-ended, so you can kind of interpret it how you want. But mm-hmm. we can go ahead and jump in. Uh, so would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your own future or 10 minutes into the future of anyone else but yourself? Mm, I would probably say anyone else because I that freaks me out. Like, I, I don't know. want to know my I future. I mean, part, like the curious part of me does, but no. <laughs> if I did it, I would just pick a stranger. Yeah. If it was somebody else. Yeah. Because I couldn't even like look into my own like family members. Yeah. Because I would just say like, oh my gosh, no. I know. And yeah, that's the thing. Or I'm, anyone I know. Yeah. I'm like such an empath too. So yeah. I'm always like worried about other people before mm-hmm. me. So I feel like that would bring me more calm. Like if I was like, oh my gosh, like, Ryan's supposed to be coming over. I want to make sure he gets here okay. Like, yeah. I could just know that you're going to get there okay. <laughs> That's true. You know, instead of, like, wor- not like I'm, like, worrying all the time oh about you, but if it's, like, bad weather or something. That'd be terrible. Like, if you are a worrywart type person, yes, that, like, you constantly check just yeah. little things. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh, I hope they drive safe. Yeah. And then you have, like, your Raven mo- Simone moment. Uh-huh. And that's a Raven. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Okay, he's fine. He's, I don't have good. to worry for the next time. Stop harassing him over text message. <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you good? Yeah. My mom would use that so yeah. much for me. Yeah, that's how I am with my boyfriend. Like, I get, I panic if like he doesn't respond. If there's like a snowstorm or something, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Like, and then yeah. it's like silence. Yeah. She'll usually send out like a text mm-hmm. to everybody just yeah. to say like, hey, everyone good? Yeah. Okay, great. We're all set. Aw. Yeah. Such a nice, nice mom thing to do. I always have to text her. So my family does this thing where we have pizza night every week, and after pizza night, she's always like, hey, Aww. text me when you're back, and I sometimes forget. So yeah. she's always like, back in, <laughs> you good? Back in your house? <laughs> you good? At like 11.30 yeah. before I'm going to bed. That's cute. Yeah. Um, okay, so going to the next one, would you rather your shirts be always two sizes too big or one size too small, like strictly. Too big, 100%. <laughs> I always, I already buy my shirts too big. This sweater is like extra large. It is stretching on. Yeah. It's, like it's going it's past XL. the sleeve. Yeah, that yeah. looks so cozy. I love it. Like yeah. that's just my, my steeds, you know. I feel like that's also kind of like a fashion trend. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> like 
the boyfriend style. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I, like, I wear Norris's clothes all the time, yeah. so. Part of me, like, especially when I go out to, like, gay bars yeah. and stuff, like, a lot of people are wearing really tight clothing. Mm-hmm. So part of me wants to be, like, yeah. maybe I'd go that route. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, back in my, like, middle school days, yeah. I would always wear things that were one size too small, not realizing <laughs> yeah. that, like, I was just thinking, like, oh, yeah, I love... Just wearing really tight-fitted stuff. Like, yeah. I would get shirts at, like, the kids' section sometimes. <laughs> and I was a tall person. But I was like, this is this just isn't giving me a fitted look that I yeah. want. But, of course, now all clothing is fitted. Yeah. So. Well, and you, like, work out and stuff. So you have the body for it. I don't work out, so I need a little, like, wiggle room for those <laughs> days where I'm, you know, not having the body for it. So. But, see, like, I love that look of, like, an oversized sweater with skinny jeans yeah like that Ugh. yeah i too. just love that look so mm-hmm. much <laughs> you it can is. be cozy it's a good classic. Like maybe a some like high profile sunglasses yes. too and just like mm-hmm. what's up yeah <laughs> i love it <laughs> um okay this one is kind of one that transcends into uh what we talk about a little bit too but would you rather have an easy job working for someone else or work for yourself but work incredibly hard. Yeah, I think both have their even on both ends positives. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't say that any job I've had was really easy That's per true. se yeah. for other people, but I do get bored. I don't know. That's a tough one because, like, as a creative, I do think that having an easy kind of like monotonous job can be good for your creative health because yeah. then you can like keep all that creative energy for yourself and like mm-hmm. go home and work on a side hustle. Um, Hmm. I would probably, I mean, I would probably choose working for myself just because I love doing it. Like if I had to choose one or the other, but if I could do the first one and then have like a side hustle, I would say that. Yeah. Ultimately. Mm-hmm. I know. Cause there are, I would like in, especially in, let's say like a corporate environment, you mm-hmm. learn a lot. Oh yeah. And you sure. get a lot of experience and a lot of skills and you have access to things that you wouldn't normally yeah. have access to alone, especially out the gate. Like for, for me sure. after college going directly into, like, a Fortune 500 company's advertising account, like, yeah, not going to get that on yeah. my own no. No. <laughs> for, like, a college student. Totally. Um, so I understand that, too. Mm-hmm. And um, But, yeah, I would probably choose, I'd choose myself, too, yeah. just because of the path I've taken mm-hmm. now, ultimately. But that's funny you said that about creative energy, though, because I feel like um, sometimes, and, again, it depends on the corporate environment you're in. Yeah. Like, I've had some teams where, like, yeah, they really boost, like, if you want to have more creative thought. Yeah. But I've had others that have been like, nah, mm-hmm. like, let's just do the job. Like, yeah. don't try to get fancy with it. <laughs> and I found that um, in my own personal, in working for myself and doing that kind of thing, that I have, my, like, a lot more creative energy. And yeah. I have a lot, I'm thinking more critically from a creative point of view. Mm-hmm. I think because my mind is attaching to a lot more creative. Yeah things for sure yeah so i can see that kind of being the case too mm-hmm. um okay well thank you so much for going through those you know, anytime <laughs> and would you rather anytime you want <laughs> <laughs> um but like i said i wanted to bring latasha on because she i think has an interesting story in just kind of going after what she wants all the time and making sure that she's always thinking, okay, what's going to make me happiest? What's going to get me further? And always kind of propelling herself to be the, the successful woman that she is today. But to start things off, yeah. so you grew up in the, well, UP, 
right? Well, yeah. Of Michigan. I was born in the Upper Peninsula. I was born in Marquette, Michigan, mm-hmm. which is, you know, for those listening who don't know, it's the place above the hand. Yeah, you know? it's a little attachment to the glove <laughs> that is Michigan. Yeah, a little <laughs> attachment. Um, but I was only there until I was like two. So my dad was in the Air Force. He was stationed up there. My mom is from there. So that's how they met. And then my dad wanted to go to school, um, like college. And so he ended up going to somewhere. I don't know what college actually, but somewhere in Kalamazoo. So Mm -hmm. that's where I grew up. I moved there when I was like two and just moved away to Detroit when I was in my 20s. So So you grew up in K-Zoo. Yep, in the zoo. Um, So did you start uh, like back in like high school Mm -hmm. and stuff? Like what was your thought process? Because when I was in high school, I was in a completely different mindset, I think, than you were or just like other people that are on these different tracks. Yeah. Um, like what was your mindset in terms of work? Mm. Like what were you thinking for yourself? I feel like I've lived so many different lives to be (laughs) honest with you. And I don't know, I, maybe this is a little controversial. I never talk about politics, but I I actually like definitely thought that I was going to go into some kind of political career. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was 16, 17, I started volunteering for the Obama campaign, um, for his like first term Mm -hmm. and I ended up working like interning and all that stuff in college too so that's like where I thought my path was going to go I really loved campaigns and and like even before him like I always like volunteered for like certain causes and stuff Mm -hmm. so I always thought that's what I was going to do and that's actually what I originally wanted to go to school for and I, I did I have a degree in political science and in film so I double majored so yeah, I don't know. I did. I never saw myself being a politician per se, but I always saw myself like working on campaigns and being kind of like behind the scenes of them. I love being behind the scenes of things. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I feel like the people behind the scenes actually have the most power. Oh, for sure. <laughs> totally. Totally. Because you're not the face of the brand. You have more time to think like, mm-hmm. okay, how can this be impacted? Yeah. But I never really thought, like in, in high school, I mean, I knew that's what I wanted to do. But I wasn't, I, I wasn't an underachiever. I was actually kind of like an overachiever naturally. Yeah. But I never like was that kid who was like, okay, I'm going to take this step and then I'm going to like do like the second step. Like I never like planned my life out like that. Mm-hmm. I was always kind of just like, meh, you know. We'll see, see, how, it see, goes. see how it goes. We'll take it day by day yeah. and see what my thoughts are. Yeah. I think that taking it day by day is ultimately what you learn as an adult. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the hardest thing to yeah. actually find out. But yeah. I think it's I think it's healthy to always keep your options open. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of kids, you know, out the gate, and whether that influences from themselves mm-hmm. or their parents to be a certain degree or yeah. to go to med school. Because if you think about it, in high school, mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to go to med school and be a doctor. Oh, yeah. You have to think up until you're 30. 30. That's so far that's away. That's insane. <laughs> and there is not a lot of insight given yeah. to those kids, I think. No. Or to us, in, I mean, in what I went through in high school, there's mm-hmm. not a lot saying, hey, you interested in this? Mm-hmm. Because this is what you should be doing if you are. Yeah. For instance, like being an entrepreneur or being mm-hmm. a doctor or whatever. Like yeah. a career test is not enough to... Oh, no. I'm like, what, did you take a career test back in high um, school? I think I did in college. And I don't feel like I feel like it said I should be in healthcare or something because really? I'm like such an empath. Oh gosh, <laughs> like a nurse or something. Yeah, like that's that. like never interested in me at all. I mean, respect to those people, like so much respect to healthcare workers. Yeah, but, and that's what my dad went to school for actually, but not me. <laughs> um, 
my number one was crane operator. Wow. Which you very, really missed your career. I I don't know how I calling. got that. Like and nothing against crane operators. <laughs> it's just not me. Yeah, I can And I was very that. confused for my test results. <laughs> yeah. And then like two was I forget what two was, but I remember three was tattoo artist. And I said, That'd What career cool. test can tell you you're a crane operator, but yeah. then also could be a tattoo artist. Right. And maybe that was just it telling me your your interests are very scattered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you could really do, do anything. <laughs> and that's kind of how I define myself too, as being a jack of money. Mm-hmm. So I guess thinking about it, maybe it was right. Yeah, maybe, maybe like the message, the underlying message there. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think it's because I said I liked robotics. Yeah. Because I wanted to be, I was like a robotics engineer when I was a kid. Oh, cool. Oh, but yeah, then, you Yeah, then I figured out how much... Um, how much physics and yeah. calculus you needed to learn. And I said, wait, what? Yeah, it's me. not just fun and like building a small robot and maybe moving a mechanical arm. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. Like it's not enough. Um, so in high school, you were kind of thinking, okay, politics, mm-hmm. kind of keeping it open-ended to, and then you went directly into college from high school. Um, kind of. I yeah. had like kind of a non-traditional college mm-hmm. experience so I so I did dual enrollment my senior year of high school so I took French classes because I like maxed out the French classes in my high school so I took college level oui. French oui, oui, oui. <laughs> um, and Ryan knows how well my French has ma- I've maintained it because <laughs> we've traveled to Montreal together and it's you know murky at best but <laughs> no but yeah so I, I went to college so I had, had a couple of college credits already and then I also did a film program in high school. It was like a, another dual enrollment type mm-hmm. program, not through the college. It was like through this other program. So, um, yeah, I went right into college. I actually went right into community college because mm-hmm. I, even though I was already enrolled at the university, I just like didn't know what I wanted to do. Like mm-hmm. even though I, I saw this path with like politics, but then I also really liked my film classes, and I was just very. I don't know. I was kind of like going through a lot of stuff personally at that time in my life and just not really, I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. Like I wasn't feeling like I knew what I wanted to do. So I did community college, but then I dropped out (laughs) like my first semester. Like I, I had like a lot of struggles. I was going to say, was it the stress around all these things? Not really. I mean, I just was like partying all the time and just like getting wasted and like I mean, I would still go to class and I would, I always worked and stuff. Like I always had like my responsibilities in mind. But are kind of in a different place of like school versus more of like a party kind of Yeah, and just like in a very like dark place. So Mm. I dropped out, um, I just like stopped taking classes and then I, I worked full time for, I don't know, like a year or something before I re-enrolled. Gotcha. Yeah. And then I was like back. A little years to back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, similarly in what I talked about too, it's like. I, when I came out that first semester, I had a terrible first semester. Yeah. Like, I got grades I was not used to getting ever. Yeah. And it was hard to manage socially. But then you take that step back. And, Mm -hmm. like, when you come back. Oh, yeah. You're like, I'm ready to take on the world and finish whatever it is that I went out to actually finish and start. Yeah. It was crazy because I had dropped out. I actually owed, like, I had to pay, I think it was, like, $4,000 to go back to school because I had, like, I had scholarships and stuff and I like never finished my classes. Yeah. And so I actually ended up selling my car <laughs> so I could go back to school. See, that's commitment though. <laughs> yeah. I was like, whatever, like I got to do it. Whatever it takes, I got to do it. Yeah. So I sold it on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a, um, 
and <laughs> I think we can talk about it, but with Kalamazoo, yeah. there's this very interesting situation, mm-hmm. right, where... Oh, with the Kalamazoo Promise. Yeah, with yeah. the Kalamazoo Promise. Because this is... When I found this out, I was like, what? Yeah. I was a little bit shook. I was shook. I was like, it's, an, it, it's just a fascinating thing. Mm-hmm. So, with all the college students, yeah. there's this... Yeah, you can so, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was announced when I was, I think, like a sophomore in high school. Uh-huh. And anyone who graduates from Kalamazoo Public Schools gets a, gets a scholarship. And it depends on how long you went to Kalamazoo Public Schools. Like... If you go 9 through 12, you get like 65% of your tuition covered. For me, since I went K through 12, I got 100% of yeah, my tuition covered. Yeah, that's cover. awesome. That's just so cool. Yeah, and it's all made up by anonymous donors. I actually used to work there. That was like my first internship was yeah. at the Kalamazoo Promise. So shout out to, uh, shout out to them. Check it out, Check <laughs> it out on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's on my LinkedIn. No, but it's, it, it's a really amazing program. And um, yeah, I mean, basically the goal of it was to like, a lot of people were moving out of the city and into the suburbs and just there was a lot of like there's a lot of economic disparity in Mm -hmm. Kalamazoo like there's you know I mean I was raised like very very poor and probably never would have even considered college if it wasn't an option I mean I would have maybe went to community college and like stopped there because I know you can get a lot of scholarships and stuff for that but it just like wasn't in my reality at Mm -hmm. all so it was a really cool cool program and it still exists so Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And just, I don't know, it's just a cool situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you come back to college, you don't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you went to, uh, did you, would you go to Western? Yeah. yeah. So okay. I went to, I went back to KVCC for like the first year, I yeah. guess, just to again, like figure out what I wanted to do. And I ended up taking a public speaking class, which I was terrified of. Um, it was a like prereq, like mm-hmm. I had to take it. And I had this professor, shout out to Mr. Ott, um, who like honestly changed my life. Like I loved his class so much and it was within the school of communication. Mm -hmm. I think he's like one of like the department heads now or something. I don't know. But him and his wife are like really cool people. But uh, yeah, I took his class. I loved it. And so then I like re-enrolled in like his advanced public speaking class and like all his like communication studies class and like his wife's classes. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to go into the school. I'm part of the family. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I'm going to do communication at Western because I really like their classes. So then when it was time to transfer, that's what I did. I just went, I just transferred as like a general communications degree Mm -hmm. and then like six half a year or whatever a semester into that I did like the film program so you kind of had someone guiding your interest a bit would you say kind of I mean I don't think he knows this like no but just like almost like indirectly yeah yeah Yeah. like I just I really liked his career like I admired his career and his wife's career and I just liked his style of teaching I liked what we did I liked thinking like I liked his classes so I was like yeah I feel like teachers don't see a lot of the Fruits of their labor. I know. Do you know what I mean? I know. Um, they plant a lot of sleep. Uh, they plant a lot of seeds, but yeah, they don't see later on yeah. like, what they did and how it actually impacted. Like I, I had one teacher who was like beyond nice, mm-hmm. and I loved her. She was almost like seeing family. Like there was even one time where we and a few friends forgot to staple an essay together, yeah. and our one teacher said, "I will knock you down." Yeah. Like. 10% yeah. on your grade if you don't have it stapled. So we literally like walked into her class, interrupted it mm-hmm. <laughs> while she was teaching and said like, hey, can we staple this? So <laughs> and she was like, yeah, yeah, let's just come in, just yeah. do it. Um, and um, I still like message her now and then yeah. now. And yeah. like she knows like the fruits of her labor, yeah. if you will. But I think a lot of teachers. I agree. I know. I'm like, 
Because they send them off yeah. to someone else to kind of, you know, yeah. do. I'm, like, connected with them on, online and stuff, mm-hmm. like this professor, but... I've never like told him. Like I've never. You tell I'm him. just gonna send him this podcast. Yeah, you should send him this podcast. <laughs> Thanks send for changing nice my life. Little, send him a nice little message. Yeah. Um, but that is nice though that when you came back, yeah. you kind of did start having this like guide mm-hmm. to for yourself. Yeah. To start going into video. Yeah. And you still did politics. You said. Yeah, like I still volunteered and stuff, mm-hmm. and I've done some cool political stuff, local and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so in college, you started freelancing. Yes. Right? Yeah. So I was like almost done with college. I think Mm -hmm. it was like my junior year of college. I was into my film degree. I was actually onto my second degree in political science because I originally majored in that. And they're like, that's like two more classes to make it a major. So double majored. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I mean, I was working, I've always worked retail. Like I started working when I was 15 Mm -hmm. or 16. Yeah. No, 15. And uh, I've always worked retail. I was like a retail manager at that point. And I just needed more money, to be honest. Like, everyone's like, what's your entrepreneurship path? Like, honestly, I needed more money. Like, (laughs) it's that simple. I was in college and retail, you know, it doesn't pay very well. Mm -hmm. And I wanted more money. So I was just like scrolling on job boards and stuff. And I stumbled across um, a blog writer position, which I guess to back up a little bit, I've always had a blog. Just kind of, like, casually, though. It was mm-hmm. never, like, something that I wanted to, like, monetize or anything. I just always – I'm just, like, a very, like, passionate person about a lot of different things. When you so get I'd, an like, interest, you're passionate yeah. about it. So I'd, like, blog about, like, politics. I'd blog about music. I'd blog about, like, film because I was a film student. Nothing crazy. And so I was like, oh, I can do this. Like, I blog all the time. So I applied for it. And it was a freelance writing job. I was getting paid $20 a blog. Woo! Um, racking in the dough, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it was really cool. Um, it, I could pretty much like write about anything that was for an education blog. And so as long as I could like tie it back to something educational. Mm-hmm. So I like wrote about film and like the history of film and just like yeah. random stuff like that. It was really fun. And I did that for a while. And then that just got kind of like slowly developed into a freelancing career. I can say, I think like the important tidbit that I grabbed out of that scenario when you first told me was that you, uh, you picked something that was in line with the interest you already had. Yeah. Because I think it's, and that seems like such a natural transition that I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people jump right to something else. Yeah. You know, and again, different scenarios, different Mm -hmm. timing and everything like that. Um, Because then you're actually, like you said, passionate about it. Yeah. You actually want to be doing that and that you actually have um, this urge to pursue it Mm -hmm. maybe even further. Yeah, and it was easy for me. I knew that I couldn't do something. Like, like I don't know. I was kind of interested in social media management at this point, but this is still, like, kind of early. Like In the social I, media game. Yeah, like, that wasn't really, like, a realistic thing yet. Yeah. It was still kind of unknown to me. But even still, like, even if I was, like, I know I want to be a social media manager, like, I knew that was going to be too much for me to do in addition to my almost full-time retail job and full-time school. Like, I needed something that I could just kind of do on my own terms and do, like, Kind of no pressure. So yeah. So you were working fit. during doing yeah. that too. Like yeah, I was, and doing a student. Yeah, I was and working <laughs> like thirty-five hours a week. I was pretty much full time. I was yeah. like a retail manager, and then doing school as well. So See, that's a lot. And freelancing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just because you know, especially like college courses are obviously yeah. a little bit more intense in the workload. Yeah. Yeah, and I was at university at that point too, so it was like you know. Honestly, though, I feel like my community college classes were harder than university. I think community college gets such a bad rap. Yeah. Um, 
I just felt so challenged at community college. And by the time I got to university, I was like, oh, this is easy. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's obviously different for like different um, degrees and stuff. But oh, yeah. 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 Because like, I took like biology at a community college yeah. that one semester I went back home. Mm-hmm. And then I took all like, I didn't take any science classes at university. Yeah, no, so. I didn't either. <laughs> so, That's true. I took all my math and, and science at Yeah, college. everyone said like, by the way, biology at um, MSU is like one of the hardest classes oh. you can ever take. Yeah. And it's frustrating because it has nothing to do with your major. Right, but you have to take it. you have to take it. And in college too, you're kind of in this mindset of like, I know my interest. Mm-hmm. And like, I had like done like the math and science yeah. school in high school and nice. I didn't like it <laughs> yeah i didn't like get a high off of doing mathematics right i like science i like chemistry but yeah um it's not it's not, not my path not my, it's not my heart as i blame you yeah i've heard before but at what point in doing your jobs in school you graduated then did you say okay i have this plan to mm-hmm do my own stuff one day mm-hmm. or were you again still in that zone of I'm just going to do work yeah. that I think builds my skill set and builds up my knowledge of the space and then maybe still have my toe in the water. Yeah. Yeah. So the blog writing thing, um, the editor of that blog, she ended up starting her own agency mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a virtual agency. It was like all a distributed workforce and she recruited me. She asked me to come be like the social media copywriter basically. So mm-hmm. I did like all the copy for social posts and I still wrote some blogs and stuff like that. But this was like my senior year of college. And so I was doing that. And at that point I decided that I was able to quit my retail job. Um, I also got my internship at the Kalamazoo Promise, like I talked about, but that was only like 10 hours a week. So I was primarily freelancing, like Mm -hmm. to make up the bulk of my income. And yeah, so that's kind of like where it started to be a reality where I was like, oh, this is like actually like a feasible career path. And that was Mm -hmm. my only client was that agency. Um, But this is something that mm -hmm. I could make a lot of money off of. Yeah, for sure. And then, so when I graduated college, I the internship like let me stay basically like as long as I needed to until I found a job or whatever. So I was still doing that. But again, it was only like 10 hours a week. So like I kind of almost don't even consider that into like my income that I was making, you know? Um, And I was freelancing pretty much full time. Like I took on additional clients. I also had somewhere in there started my YouTube channel, started my YouTube channel, probably like sophomore, junior of college. Mm -hmm. So that was making me a little bit of income. I was doing sponsorships and taking on my own clients and then still working with the agency and the internship. So I kind of had like that diversified revenue model mm-hmm. at that point and And building up your portfolio yeah. to even pursue this maybe even further. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like when I graduated, it was kind of a weird position because I was like, honestly, I could just do this. Like I could just freelance or I could start looking for quote unquote real jobs. And I so it was nice because I kind of had like both options. So I was mm-hmm. looking for jobs, but I wasn't like desperate you know like I wasn't I know a lot of my friends who graduated college just took the first like job that they got offered because Mm -hmm. I mean you gotta make money and start your career I get it but I was able to be a little bit picky like I interviewed with a lot of companies um around here in Detroit I interviewed with a lot of companies in Kalamazoo and they just like weren't a good fit for me Mm -hmm. and then I got an offer for um a fortune 500 automotive company um out here on the east side of the state and i was like this is a really cool opportunity again like to your point like when am i ever gonna be able to work with a fortune 500 company on my own like it's probably gonna take me a long time before i get there 
And it was cool because it was actually, well, it's kind of cool, kind of not. It was like a graveyard type shift. <laughs> so I had to work at night. Not graveyard, but I worked was, until like 9 p.m. It was a later. It was like a mid shift. Yeah. So, but that was cool because then I could still have the mornings to like take client meetings and, mm -hmm. you know, just like work on my own stuff. So it actually really yeah. worked out for me. So I did that for like a year. Um, and just kind of like went back and forth between like different corporate jobs, different freelancing, things like that. So, uh, yeah. a couple of things I want to call out there because mm -hmm. I ultimately want this podcast to, um, and we kind of discussed this to talk about becoming an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. becoming this big thing that everyone yeah. talks about that they want to yeah. do and kind of discussing the realities behind that yeah. and what, you know, um, kind of try to guide people a little bit. But one was that you never stopped kind of like thinking about how I can mm -hmm. propel myself forward. Yeah. I think that's a huge thing. For sure. And it's really respectful too, I think, that mm -hmm. um, you constantly said, okay, if I do this, can I also do something else though mm -hmm. where it doesn't consume me? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people get lost in that of like, okay, I'm, I want to do this, jump into this, but a lot of those things take all of your energy mm -hmm. or take all of your time. And I think that's really a good step that I think, would you say – really oh, yeah. helped you yeah for sure and like I'm just not the kind of person who could ever do only one thing mm -hmm. like I can I cannot see myself ever doing that yeah I just am so interested in different things and I'm I like to be so busy that I knew that I needed to have different yeah. and and like I, I don't know everyone talks about how freelancing is so um like risky I guess like how do you know you're gonna get paid but any any job is risky to yeah. be honest like any job can close its doors tomorrow and lay you off you yeah. know and so I've always believed in like a diversified revenue model whether you're working a full-time job and you have a side hustle whether you're just freelancing and you have multiple clients like I've mm -hmm. always believed in that yeah I'm a strong believer in that and I didn't realize that until after college mm -hmm. of like having this diversified portfolio of having income from multiple places because mm -hmm. again people say okay uh, that takes all my energy though to yeah. do this one job then maybe think about finding, you know, yeah. something else that doesn't maybe take as much if you want to diversify. Yeah. But um, to your point, every job is risky. For sure. So it's um, – or the one quote I heard recently was, uh, you can fail at doing something you don't love, so why not do something you love? Mm -hmm. totally. Which I think is a good yeah. quote to follow too. I love that. Oh, and the other thing too that I really liked is that you were talking about how you had options mm -hmm. and that you set yourself up. Yeah. To be in a place where you kind of in, were more in a power position. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk more about, like, our thoughts on that as yeah. well of, like, um, people's situations and yeah. all that stuff. But I think that that's a good thing, too, because I felt the same way of, okay, I'm going to do this, but it has to be at a point where I don't feel like I'm kind of mm -hmm. groveling for mm -hmm. something. Yeah. You know, I need to be in a good headspace. I need to be have some savings. Yeah. I need to you know, set my, sure. set my foundation up to where if I am going to go after something, mm -hmm. I need to be able to jump from this platform, not be like on the ground. Yeah, no. And I, I still keep that same like mindset with client work. Mm -hmm. So I am selective with the work that I take. Like I don't just, I don't ever want it to be at a place where I'm so desperate for work that I'm taking on anyone and anything mm -hmm. that doesn't, you know, make sense for me that I'm not the best at that doesn't align with my values like whatever I don't want to ever be in that position mm -hmm. so yeah I think like always just kind of having 
a backup plan and like your ducks in a row helps prevent you from acting in desperation. <laughs> yeah. Having that plan B mm-hmm. ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have to access that plan B, then yeah. that's great. Yeah, <laughs> totally. It's good to have it. Um, but in talking more about kind of like setting yourself up to be in a position where you can be an entrepreneur. Yeah, no, I think like right now we're living in this society where entrepreneurship is really glamorized, which is good. Like I want people to know that they can do it and want people to, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. be excited about entrepreneurship. But I don't want to hide the reality of the fact that it's really hard. (laughs) Like it's not easy Mm -hmm. to get a business started, especially if you – you know, like you said, like don't have family to rely on or a spouse to rely on or any like savings or trust fund or whatever, you know, like if you're really bootstrapping and doing it yourself, um, it's not easy. You have to sacrifice a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And sacrifice too. And I mean, to put things in perspective, like when I was working my first job at like this automotive company, so I was working from, I think my shift was like 1 to 9.30 or something like that. So I would wake up at 7 or 8 every morning and just start like doing, I had like one big client at that time. It was a a tech startup. So I was doing like calls for them. I was creating content for them. I was scheduling all their social media posts. I was traveling sometimes for them too, like hosting events for them. Um, And then I'd go into work and then I'd come home and then I'd usually, so I'd get home at like 10 and then I'd usually stay up until midnight or one to like do some more work and like work on finding new clients or work, mm-hmm. whatever. And then I'd like wake up and do it all over again. So it's not like I wasn't doing anything else, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying that that's 100% right. I think that hustle culture also has its problems because that's not sustainable, right? Mm-hmm. Like I can't do that for, I mean, I basically had no friends. I had no relations, <laughs> you know, like I was only doing yeah. that. I mean, well, I had, I had some friends and stuff, but I would only hang out with them on the weekends. You maybe just felt like my social life is not up to yeah. where like yeah. I would maybe want it to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I knew that that was temporary. Like I knew something was going to have to change. Either I was going to leave my full-time job or I was going to get a different job or I was going to, you know, cut down on hours or start outsourcing or something with my clients. But I do think that you do have to put in that work to get things started. Like mm-hmm. I think I knew that I wasn't going to outsource from the beginning because I knew I had like a standard of work that I wanted to uphold yeah. and I wanted to really understand the client and all that stuff. So yeah, there is going to be a time where you're probably feeling like you're doing nothing but working, Yeah, you know, especially if you have like a full-time job too. Yeah, and I think the the buildup is a lot of times not mentioned. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, it's just <laughs> when it like comes to A to you, Z. Yeah, because you're seeing people at the finish line. Yep. Uh, in the most part, if they're mm-hmm. at like a TED talk oh, or yeah. if they're at something like that, yeah. you know, they talk about their struggle, kind of skimp over the mm-hmm. you know hardship a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, not all of them, obviously, yeah. but a lot of them do then talk about their current job, their yep. current business, what's the future. Yeah. You know, rather than how did I get here from my past. And uh, the buildup is huge of mm-hmm. setting yourself up with portfolio items, yeah. connections, yeah. Um, being in that mindset. I know I was mm-hmm. in that mindset for two years before I even started it. Yeah. Of I'm going to be setting myself up right. to do my own thing because I think that's what I want. Yeah. What am I going to do to set myself up? So I'm grabbing every business mm-hmm. card. I'm going to any event yeah. I can and um, making sure that, again, building up that foundation mm-hmm. underneath, developing my plan B yeah. mentally too. For sure. I think the mental preparation in that yeah. is a big difference too because um, 
for instance, like something with sales, like mm-hmm. cold calling flat out can sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, make you feel some type of way. Oh, yeah. Um, if people are, <laughs> you know, giving you certain responses or just maybe not communicating with you. So being yeah. mentally prepared to handle um, those kinds of things. I, I mean, I'm all about mental preparation. Mm-hmm. I need, you know, a good amount of it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Jumping into a situation. Totally. Um, and I think the, but yeah, I think the point that it's glamorized is something that is definitely happening now, especially mm-hmm. with the, it as a hot word going around yeah. town. <laughs> yeah. So I do, I try to keep it real. Like on the content that I produce, like I try to highlight both sides and like, like I don't try to just get like the biggest entrepreneurs, the most notable names, you know, yeah. to talk to me on my podcast or whatever, because I want people to see like all stages of entrepreneurship. Yeah. Yeah, Latasha has a really good uh, YouTube channel specifically, A Journey East. Oh, actually, no, you're Latasha James yeah, I'm just on Latasha YouTube. James. Um, she has a really good YouTube channel, uh, Latasha James, and she talks a lot about her journey in mm-hmm. doing freelance and doing all these kinds of work. That, And I think like one of my favorite videos, too, is when you do the life mm-hmm. in one, because I think a lot of people do that similar video, mm. but they're traveling. Yeah. Again, yeah. they're glamorizing it, and uh-huh. they're talking about, oh, I got this box from yeah. my sponsor, yeah. whereas yours is very, okay, I have this meeting, <laughs> I have this other meeting, I'm going to this, yeah. and then I'm going into an office, and yeah. then I'm doing this. <laughs> That's so funny. Like, yeah, I Which do. Which is great. Like, you talk, there's a lot of positives to it, yeah. but... That's funny that you say that because, so like the series he's talking about, it's called like a week in my business. Is that, that's yeah, what you're talking about, right? One. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just basically like vlog my life for a week or whatever and focus it on like what I'm doing for my business. The last one that I put up, I was like, I debated putting it up because I was like, this is so boring. I was literally sitting at this desk, like <laughs> just different days of the week, but like every single day I was just sitting at this desk and I put it up and everybody like, it got like such a good response. Like they always do. And I'm like, I think it's kind of refreshing. Like, no, like you said, I'm not like jet setting. I mean, sometimes I do. Like sometimes that, you know, every once in a while I'm traveling or doing something really cool. But mm-hmm. for the most part, like, no, like this is what it is. And I'm going to like talk to you about what I'm doing. And yeah. I think it's, re- I mean, it's probably really boring to some people, but it's probably also like refreshing to some people yeah. who are in the same position and are mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I haven't left my desk in a week. Like, is this really what this is that like? And it's like, oh, week. yeah, yeah. It's like that sometimes, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Because you don't want to leave your computer because you want to, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like keep growing your business and, you know, mm-hmm. you can maybe sometimes forget to step out of the yeah. You know, yeah. box a little bit in terms of like going to a coffee shop or what For have sure. you. But um, the other thing too is that I think corporate gets a really bad rep. Yeah. Because of a few people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like corporate in general mm-hmm. has the positive, like I mentioned, of access to work that maybe you never would have alone. Mm-hmm. Um and I know for me, I learned so much in the corporate environment. For sure. And I think I, the thing to remember, too, is I was also strategizing the places I was going. Yeah. I made sure to get big names mm-hmm. because I knew that on a resume, big names yeah. means more than someone, than something they can't yeah. understand of an experience I had with marketing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that, like, for, you know, your portfolio or resume or whatever is definitely a thing. Again, like, where, how would I ever be able to work with two Fortune 500 companies by the time I was 27 on my own? You know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, is it possible? Maybe, but probably not very realistic mm-hmm. without some kind of, you know, help. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just from, like, learning. So I get compliments all the time from my clients about how professional I am yeah. and, like, how timely I am and just, like, I don't know, like... You learn the way yeah, a like, little bit of... 
Yeah, like just being a professional, you know, learning how to respond to emails and like just little things like that, sending calendar invites. Like there are things that those of you guys listening who work in corporate America, that's like nothing to you. And I'm not downing people who skipped the corporate stop or whatever, like because there's lots of different ways of success, lots of different paths to success. But I mean, I know from working with some freelancers who don't have that experience, it's like, oh, like they'll show up like 10 minutes late for a meeting or they like don't reply to emails or, and again, I'm generalizing, like not everybody is like this, Mm -hmm. but I do think that it's an important thing to learn how to like just be professional, you know, how to hold a meeting. Yeah, how to hold a meeting, how to present a PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah. What a professional PowerPoint deck looks like. For sure. Especially especially emails. Oh yeah. (laughs) And I think uh, managing emotions too. Yeah. Because I think even in owning your own business or in corporate, you're going to get emotions Mm -hmm. and knowing how to absorb those and focus on work at hand is a really important step that I learned. It builds um, character (laughs) to sound like I... Thickens your skin, builds your character. Um, So I really do appreciate, and I think you do too, the time in corporate because you have access to a lot Mm -hmm. and you just learn a lot about being overall professional. Yeah, for sure. we were talking a little bit before too about diversifying your portfolio of mm-hmm. work and having some extra things out there, maybe giving your income or boosting it a little mm-hmm. bit or what have you. And I know that you focus on YouTube mm-hmm. and would you say that this, what's the secret to success of having a diversified portfolio? Yeah. Yeah. So like my YouTube channel, like I said, I kind of started that in college and it mm-hmm. was just for fun. But over the years, it has transformed into really being about my business yeah. and my life. Um, and I would say like 80 to 90% of my leads come from YouTube, yeah. which is crazy. That's crazy. But uh, people forget that YouTube is the second biggest search engine on the web. <laughs> so it's basically like being good at Google if you're good at YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I think that's kind of the secret is like finding what works for you. Like... I am not a blogger. I'm not a writer. I love to write. I think I'm good at writing, but I, I can't write under pressure. Like mm-hmm. I can't write. If I, you're like, write about social media plans, <laughs> I like can't do it. Like it, it's so hard for me. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just, I'm not good at cold calling. I'm mm-hmm. not good at sales. Like I just don't like doing it. I hate it. So for <laughs> me, it's like, you know, it's finding what works for you and using that platform as kind of like your pillar platform, if you will. So like YouTube is where I put the most focus and energy into. Yeah, sometimes I still post blogs or like sometimes I'll still reach out to somebody like on a cold call or whatever. But for the most part, that's like my focus. And then, um, you know, I just kind of like let everything else kind of follow that. Um, And it's nice because like you said, as far as like revenue, it's it's another spoke, I guess, in like the Mm -hmm. revenue hub which is nice because you can't rely on anything and it is cool you know that I don't have to focus so hard on like hustling Mm -hmm. all the time because I've built up a platform for myself on YouTube which is then transformed into like selling online courses and then it's transformed into my coaching business like there's so many different offshoots of putting your energy into something like that so it's nice like I don't know. Again, like to your point of like glamorizing entrepreneurship, I think we don't talk about what happens when something tragic happens in your life, which mm-hmm. like did happen to me this year. And it was cool because I could be like, hey, I'm not going to focus on any client stuff. I mean, obviously my existing clients, I'm going to make yeah. sure they're taken care of, but I'm not reaching out to anyone because I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. But 
I can still post a video a week and still get that income. So yeah, you don't have that added stress of like, okay, on top of all this. Yeah, I have to. Or for example, with this government shutdown that we just experienced, yeah. a lot of those people maybe didn't have a diversified yeah. portfolio of income. But that yeah. was the only thing, and mm -hmm. it's cut. Right. Because again, you're being you're the income you have is controlled by a mm -hmm. way upper power that you can't really I know manage, and that's a lot of the case with corporate yeah. as well too. Yeah. Um. But I think, too, something I read recently is uh, as you're going through your experiences with jobs and all this other stuff, mm -hmm. make sure that you're always building yourself up. For sure. Again, like getting the resume builder, mm -hmm. learning skills that you can also use in your own life or for you, like having YouTube yeah. to also boost your business yep. and to also showcase your talent mm -hmm. and to also, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. you know, and make like, connections. And make connections. Yeah, like there's a that. million things that come from having these added avenues that are kind of putting your little spider legs mm -hmm. out of, hey, this is what I'm all about, this is me, and this is what you're going to get yeah. if you work with me or just who I am as a person. Oh, yeah. Personal um, branding is so important. Yeah, and Latasha and I are particularly <laughs> all about personal branding, yeah. so much so that we've made it something that we focus on from a business perspective, yeah. too, um, and just wanting to help people develop their own personal brands. Mm -hmm. But because uh, we think we just know it's so important in mm -hmm. the future it's only going to get more important oh, yeah. of if somebody googles your name they don't want to have they're not going to receive your resume they're not going to look at it mm -hmm. <laughs> or what have you they're just going to want to look at everything else that you do they're just going to google you yeah like and, i mean that's <laughs> what people do yeah. you know um so um i think it's really cool to or i think it's good to keep that um maybe income or just mm -hmm. even experience and your portfolio uh, come from coming from a bunch of different avenues. Agreed. Overall, in terms of building yourself up, mm -hmm. how do you stay motivated through all of it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I actually just did a podcast episode about this. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's like, believing in yourself which sounds mm -hmm. so cheesy but i know one thing that i used to do all the time is i would i would like do like negative self-talk like i'd be like oh my gosh you're so dumb latasha like it just like i think that's just natural yeah. thing to do and i it's really subconsciously like, yeah trying to attack you. yeah so i try to really stop doing that and like turn that around into something good like latasha you're human or latasha you're great or mm -hmm. latasha you look great today you know yeah. just like little things like that because it really does translate into how you're interacting with your clients and how you're feeling about your work but i mean one thing that helps me too is just knowing that knowing like business cycles in general so like if i'm having a slow month I'm like, okay, let me look at the calendar. Why am I having a slow month? Why are things hard right now? Oh, it's tax season. Business owners pay taxes. They don't want to hire a social media manager right now. You know, like things yeah. like that. And just like analyzing patterns and stuff and knowing that things change. Like, I mean, don't hang on for, like, if you're not, if you're like a year in business and you're not making money, like maybe get a job a or something. Or get, get a, a job. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if just like, just understanding that things do happen kind of in cycles and like understanding that it will get better. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that's the same for corporate too. Yeah. It's like if you're experiencing a long drought, mm -hmm. maybe there's something up. Right. Maybe you could look elsewhere. But right. if it's like a week yeah. and you're like, it's everything's going really slow. Yeah. yeah. Maybe like look into like what else you could be doing. Yeah. But at the same time too, don't, <laughs> don't assume like, oh my gosh, like I'm gonna lose my job. Like things aren't going well. Yeah. I'm gonna free. You know, I'm I'm gonna 
kind of a crazy state right now because mm-hmm. um, it's really easy on both sides, yeah. even in being an entrepreneur in this kind of like sales way mm-hmm. or in corporate in the, as a worker wanting to yeah. learn and wanting to work. I think it kind of impacts both. Totally. But positive self-talk. It's huge. important. It's yeah. important. And it's, for me, it's like similar to you. It's, it's literally talking to myself in a positive way. Yeah. Because positive self-talk, everyone's like, okay, well, how do you do that? Yeah. Literally <laughs> just say, you're yeah. looking good. Or, yeah. hey, you got this. Yeah. Or, hey, do this. Mm-hmm. Helps me tremendously. For sure. Um, okay. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, if you guys have any added questions for Latasha, you can always reach out to her on all of her social channels, um, yeah. which I will link in this description of the podcast. And ultimately, go out there and follow your dreams. You got this. <laughs> you got this. Whatever you're pursuing... Know that you got this. Yep. <laughs> and have a wonderful day. <laughs>